Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond. Hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers. So we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal. That we are worthy of love and pleasure. And that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? Hello. (laughs) Hello. God, you caught me off guard. You said, should we just get into it? (laughs) Caught me choking on my drink. My special drink. (laughs) Anyway, we are here to have a very invasive, personal, and interesting conversation. Yeah. Today, we're diving deep into masturbation. (laughs) And that is exactly how we want to phrase it. Diving wrist deep. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's fisting. Yeah, that sounded like it. That's not how I masturbate. If that's how you masturbate, that's like cool, but just the logistics. I don't know. (laughs) That sounds tricky. (laughs) That sounds flexible. (laughs) I literally just crouch and then sit on my hand. (laughs) And that's how I masturbate. Like an ape would. Do you remember that one video? <laughs> I don't remember what time in my life when I first heard of this, but it's the the person who sits on the mason jar. What? <laughs> no. Don't look it up. What the hell? Like I the, don't know. Like how you always put your mouth over an entire glass. Is that what she was trying to do with the mason jar, but okay. with down there? <laughs> you do. It was a, I'm pretty sure they put it in their butt. Ew. Why? For pleasure? They wanted to feel something? I don't know. God, that sounds heinous. Yeah. So today, we actually aren't talking about fisting necessarily. necessarily. We're not here to judge anybody. We're not here to yuck anybody's oh. yum. Or, or squatting over mason jars. <laughs> yeah. But we are here to talk about masturbation. Yeah. This is going to be good. Let's do a little word association. Okay. Oh. Masturbation. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> that's all I can think. And that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What are some euphemisms for masturbation that you can think of? Uh, yank the chain. Ew. I say that in normal life. Well, you should I'm know. I'm not yanking your chain. You should know <laughs> that I think that's used for penis masturbation. Oh. Or um, what else? I heard R- flick the oh, bean. God, and I, like I was it. just going to say that one, and I fucking hate it so much. A guy in high school said that to me once, and it I didn't like him before that, and I especially no. didn't like him after that. So. It's awful i hate that i hate any food connected to my genitalia you know this and i hate it <laughs> this is a theme this is a any theme. food no i don't like it what else have i heard unless it's icing am i right <laughs> <laughs> wink you can't see my wink i knew that so yeah. i had to say it check um, out emma's 10 favorite sex things <laughs> subscribe to our email list and you'll yeah. learn a little bit more about little emma's more. relationship with icing yep not you really will. it's not that graphic but I mean, who's to say? If you want it to be, DM her. Yeah. I <laughs> Send her go. $5. Yeah. I'll link my Venmo <laughs> at the end. Um, other things I've... Rubbing one out. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> rubbing uh, one out. Uh, uh, 
something handshake. It's like a twisted handshake. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anymore. A sailor's handshake. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a sailor's handshake. The devil's handshake. <laughs> yep. That's the one I grew up with. Oh, God. In my home, I sometimes say, I'm going to go meditate. <laughs> they almost rhyme. Well, that way it's like nobody's going to walk in. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? It just, it, I don't know. Ow. <laughs> Oh, did you hear that? I did hear I that. I just clunked my tooth on my mason jar. <laughs> so that's awkward. <laughs> Ow. Better in your mouth than I was trying to fit it butt. over my whole mouth. <laughs> I just really wanted to try. Stop deep throating your straw. Cass got, yeah, I hope you choked on it. <laughs> and you did. I got thick glass straws. They're so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talk about a lot in this episode. We talk about shame surrounding masturbation, which mm-hmm. I think is very real. So growing up for you, was masturbation a shameful thing? No. Well, no, I wouldn't say. It was a secret, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I was a bad person. I thought I thought I was Emma's dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing something I was too young for. Mm-hmm. And I knew or I thought I knew that no one else did it. So I was kind of like, I don't know. Because you had it trademarked, right? Like I you did. Had patented. Yeah. I, I don't know the difference. So <laughs> nobody called me out on that. Um, so I never talked to anyone about it. But I also didn't think of myself as like, I'm I'm ashamed of this. I just was like, eh, don't tell anyone. Which might be the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a super vivid memory of like when I started masturbating other than like what I've already said. I started masturbating when I got my first like real boyfriend and it was like you know, phone sex, that kind of stuff. Right. So I never had that sort of like exploration. It's not that my mom was, you know, shaming me or anything or even necessarily got those messages. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I just wasn't curious or maybe I subconsciously got the messages that I wasn't supposed to be like exploring my own body. But yeah, yeah, it took me, I was a lot older Mm -hmm. before I started exploring masturbation and I'm still exploring. I'm still learning, still trying to figure out what I like. Mm-hmm. I don't always know. I always thought my deceased relatives were looking <laughs> down on me. <laughs> I always thought they were like, bad girl. <laughs> not Naughty girl. Not in the Billie Eilish way, but in like the I'm a bad <laughs> Fun fact, Cass and I sang that at a karaoke bar one time. <laughs> which is a terrible song since it's all monotone and we're not singers. <laughs> and it's the worst thing to sing in front of a group. We're it's- just all sitting there. It was my engagement party. <laughs> Like, what Which, a weird choice. Also, for the record, I want you to know that I am not into karaoke. Like, <laughs> that was not a decision I made that wasn't in line with me. My fiancé, on the other hand, very into it. Um, yeah, it's just not my vibe, which is fine. But yeah, Emma and I, we went through a what drive-thru? Jack-in-the-box. We walked through a Jack-in-the-box drive-thru. We sure did. The man behind us also tried walking through, but they didn't serve him. They served <laughs> us. It was kind of rude. We're like, yeah, totally. Just do it. And then he got in line and, then and they was said like, no. no. But it was like one o'clock in the morning. Because we're so hot. We were smoking. Yeah. And then we went and sung Bad Guy. Whatever. It was really sad. It is who I was. It is who I am. It is <laughs> who I is. But yeah, so back to what I was saying. <laughs> I always felt like oh, you're a bad guy. Maybe that maybe that was me feeling shame. Feeling like my deceased relatives were looking down on me and getting mad at me. You know what? Now that you bring that up, mm-hmm. I realize that's something I think about often as well. Isn't it? Not such just in terms of masturbation, killer. but like sex. Yeah. I'm like 
don't be watching this right now. <laughs> like I want to be my full self right now. Please don't be watching because yeah. I will be a different self if I know that my dead relative is in the room. <laughs> is in the room. So. I don't think they also want to be there, you know. Unless I didn't know him very well. <laughs> I mean could have some freaks in your family. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um yeah. See, so this is what I've been learning. The more that Emma and I record, the more people we talk to the more we talk to you guys, that we all have this shit in common. Even like the weird things that you're like, I must just be a total weirdo or like that must only happen to my body or I must only have those kinds of thoughts. It's like, no, you don't. We're all human and we have the exact same fucking thoughts because none of us are original. And that's not (laughs) to say that we're not special. I think we're so special. We just have more in common than we do differences. Right. So... I love that. I don't, I mean, I don't love that for you. I don't love when you're masturbating. You think about your death. You think about your Gigi there. That makes me sad. I don't want that for you. I want you to be your full freaky self without Gigi watching you. (laughs) But I do too. It's like other people must think that as well. Yeah. There's no way that you don't. (laughs) You know what? Actually, that, that brings me to another point though, because I never masturbate, um, Standing up. Standing up <laughs> outside. I don't do anything publicly. Which is I'm gonna change that. That's my Thank that's you. gonna be my New Year's resolution. But I only masturbate like in bed under the covers. And that's because I feel too exposed and yeah. too embarrassed to be like if I just want to like lay down on top of the bed or whatever. I don't do it anywhere that wouldn't be kind of hidden. So where I'm Gigi not, can't see you. Where Gigi can't see me. But I guess that's kind of something I didn't really realize is that I've never tried anywhere else because it would freak me out. Well, I have some homework for them. <laughs> for, for them? <laughs> uh, for you, then. Then I have some homework for you, honey. Masturbate on your kitchen counter. Ew. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Pick a public place. It's really hard. We we already mentioned that. Really hard to do stuff like that with a dog, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you move around the Lock house. Lock your partner and your dog in the other room. <laughs> you a patio. <laughs> I do have some great patio chairs. Yeah. That could be cozy. Cone shaped. <laughs> yeah, you're just your hands just for you. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, they're egg shaped, so you sink right in. So, I mean, that must have its benefits. <laughs> they have a hole in the back. <laughs> In like the bottom in the butt area. I know. I bought them. <laughs> For fisting. For that reason. Yeah. Yoni steam. I could hey, yoni steam. You down actually there. could. I mean, you'd have to like lean. I think I'd have to straddle it <laughs> facing that backwards. Very comfortable. Which is not comfy. But that's a way to tie in all of the homework. Yeah, yoni steam. There you go. On my patio while I'm masturbating publicly. On that note. Today on Hunadumi, we have Amy Weisfeld. She is a somatic sex educator, a sexological body worker, a Betty Dodson body sex facilitator, and our favorite, a masturbation coach. Yes. Yes. They exist and they're fucking cool. Yeah. I was very intrigued. I'm sorry. Are you okay? My foot fell asleep and it hurts really bad. I really hate it when my body parts fall asleep. Have you ever had your vagina fall asleep? I can't say that I have. Cool, me neither. I don't know. what. <laughs> everyone has similar experiences, Cass. Talk about how your vagina falls asleep. I don't know. Sometimes my vagina just like falls asleep and it gets, you know, the like pins and needles <laughs> that you get in your feet? Yeah. 
okay, you get this it. doesn't feel supportive. You get it in your... Okay, on my vulva, there I guess. Yeah. Interesting. I'm intrigued. I feel I would, shamed. I would love <laughs> someone to comment or DM us if they also feel that. <laughs> We're going to get no DMs. No <laughs> That's DMs. That's just me. Someone make Cass feel better. Anyways. <laughs> Jinx, motherfucker. <laughs> you owe me a soda. You owe me a fancy drink. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're introducing our guest, Amy Weisfeld. Um, so if you don't know what Betty Dotson um, type of work is, I didn't either. It's very interesting. So mm-hmm. I would highly suggest, obviously, tuning into my whole fucking episode, but listening in for that because that's really cool. Also, there's a Goop episode. Um, Goop, Goop Lab, Lab on, on Netflix. There's a whole episode on Betty Dotson. But it's okay. So you're just directing people away from our episode. I'll direct them to Gwyneth Paltrow. That's fine. She sends a lot of people our way. (laughs) We just get into it all. We talk about the shame. We talk about actual ways to masturbate, which I think is so important. While a lot of this episode and Amy's focus is really on people with vulvas, a lot of this information is also applicable for whatever you got going on. Mm -hmm. Like truly... When we talk about shame, when we talk about maybe not necessarily all of like the practices, but some of the like formulas that she has, they apply to everyone. Oh my God. I just remembered a part of her episode that I'm so excited to, for people to listen to. Mm. Mm -mm. Remember? Yes. Yes. So anyway, (laughs) you're not intrigued now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that. And that's just such a good practical thing that you're talking about. That is for anyone. You are going to get so many practical things out of this episode. It's not like a, it's very student teacher. Yeah. You're actually learning how to do stuff. Yeah. You're not just going to walk away being like, oh yeah, masturbation is important. Yeah. Like it is. And we will talk about that, but you're going to be like, oh, I know a new way to masturbate now, or I know how to keep exploring masturbation. I have a literal formula that she will give you about how to do this in my life. And it's easy Mm -hmm. and it's straightforward and it doesn't have to be like something you have to wrap your mind around. Exactly. You know, it's. It's really cool. I'm very excited. If you've never masturbated, this episode is for you. And if you've masturbated every day for the past 80 years, this is for Amen, you as well. Amen, friend. <laughs> if you're like, Emma, you've been going for 120 <laughs> years. Strong. Yep. Um, and on that note. And on that note, we'll, we'll see, see you on, on the other, other side. side. <laughs> I wanted to say it louder. <laughs> we are so excited to have Amy on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys. Well, do you want to start out by telling us a bit about yourself and the work that you do? Uh, Sure. So um, I founded a company called the Joyful Self-Love Institute, and uh, that grew out of my work with uh, Betty Dodson and facilitating her body sex workshops. I'm a certified somatic sex educator and coach and an orgasm coach and um, lots of other things, a mother, a wife, a fierce friend, an advocate for women's health. Um, My pronouns are she, her, hers. And really my life goal is to empower people to live fully and joyfully in our bodies and and to see and believe in our own beauty. Um, So I guess my philosophy is that our bodies want to turn towards health and wellness in the same way a plant wants to turn towards the sun. Because knowing yourself in your own body makes you happy and whole. And it also makes for better community and a healthier planet. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about me. Well, and can you tell us a little bit about what a somatic sex educator is? 
Yeah. So soma means body. It's from the Greek word meaning body, but it's not just body. It really is much larger than that. It's more like um, mind, body, spirit, sort of all united. And a somatic sex educator helps uh, kind of like a sex therapist helps somebody um, improve their sex life through uh, what's happening in the mind. A somatic sex educator helps somebody improve their sex life through what's happening in the body. Um, lots of things reside in the body that don't reside in the head. So trauma, for example, is often based not on uh, like different bodies respond in different ways to the experiences. And so sometimes things get stuck in the body. And what a somatic sex educator does is pay attention to and help somebody focus on what's happening in the body so that things can move through. I think for me personally, I'm in my head a lot, like probably too much. So even sometimes when I try and get into my body, I feel a lot of discomfort. So I think that's really amazing to have a practice of getting into the body versus just always in the mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Like a lot of times I'll say to people, I used to wear my body as a set of clothing for my mind, right? And I would walk around all day and most of us do multitasking and doing a million different things. And we're not really in the body we're in the head. And so when it comes to having sex or experiencing really any kind of pleasure, it can be hard to translate back to being in the body because again, we're so used to being in the heads. Which is why I'll go 10 hours without drinking water on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did you get into this work? Oh, that's a long question. But the short answer is um, really my own healing journey. Like so many of us, um, Basically, I went to my first body sex with uh, Betty Dodson in New York City at the age, at the ripe old age of 46. (laughs) And um, the whole time I was doing that, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I literally got on an airplane and flew from Portland, Oregon to New York City by myself to attend a workshop that was going to be happening in the nude and that was focused on orgasm. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, can I do this? This is crazy. Who does this? This is ridiculous. And I like wanted to turn around a million times and something just kept propelling me forward. And I think the something was that there's, there's more, there's more out there for me. I can feel more, I can experience more. And I wanted to feel more pleasure and joy. Um, And it just took me a long time to get there. And after that first body sex workshop, I literally wanted to shake every woman I saw on the street. I wanted to be like, are you alive? Are you living? Do you know what's possible? You know, wake up. And, um, and I realized that I needed some more training to work with, to work with people, to work with women in particular Mm one-on-one. So that's what um, led me to somatic sex education. And would you say that you were someone that was interested in this work, like throughout your life? Like where you always have kind of an inkling about like sex education or was it more? God, no, no. (laughs) Unlike you fabulous women who are on it. Um, no, I was, I was pretty shut down. I would say my story is one of body shame and, um, I, I didn't really think I was lovable. I thought I was ugly. I hated my um, stomach. I thought my boobs were way too big. And I, um, I hid and I fled. I dissociated from my body for those reasons. Um, and I married the man that I started dating when I was 19. And we had and still have a great sex life. But he had to figure out 
he had to figure things out for himself because I really wasn't present. And, um, and I stayed dissociated. I sort of defined myself through many other things. I, I became an entrepreneur. I was successful at my work. I became a politician an elected official. I had children, you know, I was a lot of things and I was successful. Um, but I wasn't embodied and I wasn't, um, yeah, I just, I wasn't living in the way that I, I knew that I could. And then my mom died kind of suddenly in a lung cancer. And um, shortly thereafter, some guy made a pass at me. And I was like, what? Like, I'm just this 40-year-old mom. Like, I'm not even attractive. And it really threw me. Um, and so those things in combination just kind of got me thinking like, yeah, I, there's more. Mm-hmm. Um, Good question. <laughs> I'm always so curious how a switch can flip in someone and like all of a sudden you're like finding your life's path. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about your work with Betty Dodson. Ah, yeah, I'd love to. So Betty's amazing. She's still alive. She's 90 years old. You guys, I don't know if you've seen um, Gwyneth Paltrow's. Yeah. Okay. So Gwyneth Paltrow has the show, the Goop Labs. Everybody should run out and see episode three, which is called The Pleasure is Ours. It's amazing. And Cass is nodding her head like, yes, I've seen it. I love it. it. Yeah, it's um, it's very affirming. Uh, so so Betty is amazing. She was one of she's a mentor, a personal mentor of mine, and we all need. And this is why I do the work that I do, and why I was so excited to talk to you guys because I feel very strongly that 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 I, in the way that Betty has lit up the path for me, that I need to light up the path for women who are coming behind me. And, and as we all are, right? Each of us has the ability to radiate and to light up the path for somebody else. And so that was my experience with Betty, just feeling so supported and loved and, and, and lit up. And she gave me permission to shine, to embrace myself in a way that I had never been able to before I had dimmed myself. I had allowed the freaking patriarchy to just steal my, um, my sexuality and my sensuality and my connection to myself. And, um, so she taught me that I didn't, you know, I didn't need to buy into that. I didn't need to buy into the bullshit. I, I never knew about the Betty Dodson things until I went to your website. And then I listened to you explain it a little bit on another podcast where you just kind of, you walk in, you take off your clothes and you're, you're there and you're starting. <laughs> and it just sounds yeah. so, so cool. Like you're just building this community right immediately because you're all naked. So <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. 
Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code DEWME for 10% off. Yeah. And one thing I'll say about that, Emma, that I think is important. And this is a, this is a big difference between me and Betty. When you go to Betty, it's, it's clothing, you know, it's, you have to get naked. You walk in the door, like you said, you hang your clothes up in the, in the, her little hallway and you walk in. And that was more terrifying for me than anything else I did that entire weekend um, because of the body shame. And, and really it's exposure therapy mm-hmm. and it's removing the differences between us as people, as individuals, um, physically and metaphorically, right? Mm-hmm. By removing your clothes, you're no longer, there aren't these differences between us. What I do in my own body sex workshops, and I think because of my somatic sex education training is it's clothing optional. Because everything that I do is about empowering people with voice and choice. And so I've never had a workshop where somebody hasn't gotten naked by the end, but it takes some people a little bit longer than other people to feel comfortable in that setting. And what's so amazing about body sex is by the time it's over, it feels weird to put your clothes on. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but it really does. And it helps erase a lot of the shame and the guilt that we carry around just to see just to see other women, to see other vulvas, to know that you're not, you're not the only one, Mm -hmm. right. With whatever it is you think is making you not normal. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what you, what you do in your practice with your clients? Oh yeah. A one-on-one session you're Mm -hmm. asking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it starts with a little bit of intake where people talk about, you know, whatever is happening for them, what's causing them to come in at this point in time. Cause oftentimes there's, you know, something that somebody's not fully satisfied with. And, um, then I do a short grounding, which is to get us, um, back into the body from being in our heads and talking about the stories to being in our bodies. And often that takes the form of a guided meditation or a body scan, um, following breath, and it tends to relax people and settle people in the body. And then I give usually two or three options for what we can do next. So um, a common uh, exercise example would be uh, you and I, let's start um, perhaps standing across the room or in this, in this day and age of COVID, we might move really far apart from our computers so that we look distant and small from each other. And then we slowly, one at a time, take a step forward or call each other forward and send each other away and tune into the nervous system. How close do you want to be to me? Where does it become uncomfortable? So it's a very slow tuning in to what you're feeling in your body. I call it the traffic cop exercise. (laughs) Come closer or go away or stay right where you are. Yeah. So another example that's maybe a little bit edgier and what I would do in person would be asking somebody to, um, this, this exercise is called bossy massage or client directed touch. So so the client would be lying down on the, or sitting up on the table and just tuning into their body and asking themselves, how do I want to be touched in this moment? What is my body asking for? What would feel good? And the container of safety in this particular exercise is that I'm going to give them the touch they ask for, for one minute. 
and I set the timer for one minute. And when there's a time container, it means for most of us, that we know when the end is going to be and we're less likely to endure something because a lot of times we'll ask for something. So we'll start out asking for something, not in my office, for example, but let's just say in your real life, everyday sex life, you say to your partner, I would really love it if you would go down on me, sweetie, you know? And so you're asking for oral sex and you're really into it. And somebody starts to give you oral sex and the first you know, minute you're really into it, but all of a sudden you're going from, Hey, this feels great to, mm, this isn't so great anymore, but I asked for it and now they're doing it. And I feel like I have to stay here. So now you're in this enduring mode, right? You went from wanting something to enduring something. And then, and, and, and maybe you're willing, you're still willing to accept that gift that somebody is giving you. But a second later or another minute later, you're like, oh my God, this feels terrible. Like get the fuck off me. Right. <laughs> and yet you're still sitting there enduring because you're afraid to change your mind. So this bossy massage exercise is a way to kind of baby step into how do we figure out what we want? How do we ask for what we want? What does it feel like to actually receive what we asked for and know that it has a very limited time container and that's kind of the safety container. And then I ask them to ask for the next thing. You know, what do you want now? What would make this feel even better? So I remove my hands. I step back from the table and I ask somebody to feel again into what their body is asking for. And in office, obviously I'm not going down on people, but I, I might, you know, somebody could ask me to put my hand on their heart or they might want a vulva massage or they might just want to be held. They might want to be stretched. They might want to be, um, you know, whatever you can ask for anything. And very few of us have the freedom and that ability to, figure out what we want and how to ask for it. So it's practice. It's, it's embodied practice. Wow. That's so interesting. Can you talk a little bit about your, I heard that you do a practice MMBST. Yeah. Mm, I, I forget what everyone stands for though. Right. So it's mm, mm, better sexy times. Yes. <laughs> that's it's what it is. A, it's an acrostic. So each of those letters stands for a different um, set of tools. And these are tools to have a better sex life for all of us. So the first M and mm, mm stands for mindfulness. And that's what we were talking about at this, at the start of the show, right? How do we, how are we, how do we focus our mind, not on our laundry list of things that we have to do, not on what's coming next, not on what somebody else might want or what we're supposed to want, but on what's happening right now in our bodies. So mindfulness is the first M. And that's just about kind of gently like call your mind back really gently. We all have these monkey brains that we all have our minds that wander and that's okay. Like being compassionate about that, but just gently coming back to the body. So that's the first M and mm -mm, better sexy time. And the second M is movement. And we kind of, some of us tend to be a little bit stiff or restricted in our movement. I think it comes from um, sometimes from early childhood masturbation experiences where we have to make ourselves small and quiet. Um, but inviting movement into the body allows energy to move in the body. And so I just uh, always encourage people to invite movement. And sometimes it's, um, it can be just like wiggling your fingers and toes. It can be letting your hips move. It could be breath and feeling your chest move, you know, expand and contract. So whatever kind of movement feels right for you. Dance is awesome, an awesome way to get into your body. Um, yoga, stretching. So that's mindfulness movement. Mm -mm. Better sexy time. B is for breath. And, um, 
a lot of times people know that breath can be used to calm the nervous system down, so slowing your breathing down, but breath can also be used to ramp things up. So if you're having a little bit of trouble getting aroused and you want to be aroused, you can start to breathe a little bit faster. And um, combining breath with movement can make a really big difference. I teach something called prana breath. It's a little YouTube video on my website, joyfulselflove.com. Anybody could watch. And it combines breath and movement um, together. So that's breath. Um, better sexy time. S is for sound. And the um, vagus nerve, which is also sometimes called the soul nerve, it's the primary, it's one of the primary nerves in the body. It goes from the back of the brainstem um, through the throat, the back of the throat, all the way down to the uterus in women. And so when you allow yourself to make kind of a, a deeper guttural sound in the back of your throat, as in moaning or oming, like in yoga or like an ah, you know, that kind of guttural back of the throat uh, sound, that activates the vagus nerve, which is connected to the uterus. And it allows feel-good chemicals in your body, like oxytocin, dopamine, and endorphins to flow more easily. So sound is really important, not being silent, letting yourself moan. Um, and then the last T and mm, better sexy time is for touch and talk. And there are lots of different ways of touch. And, and, and a lot of us become, we just get kind of stuck in the same way of touching ourselves, right? We go, um, you know, to the same sort of circular pattern, maybe on the clitoris, or we're touching our partner in the same kind of way. And there's so many different kinds of touch. It's so expansive and we can use objects too. So just expanding how we touch, um, and then also talk. Like your, your partner can't read your mind. My partner tried my partner for years, didn't have the key because I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't talk about what I wanted. I was so shut down and, um, sex just gets so much better when you can share what you want. Um, and that of course requires listening to your partner too, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's that's the best tool to go through in your head, just like those five letters. And it's just, yeah. oh, that's perfect. I would love to dive into masturbation. Like, I really want to get back to the basics, like what it is and how to do it. I feel like there's not, at least in my experience, a lot of resources out there that I was finding for just those basic things. I feel like it's kind of just expected that you'll know them or you'll learn them in secret. I feel like it's actually pretty rare to talk about it openly. So I would love if you could yeah. talk a little bit about that. Well, I guess I'll just start by saying I, I, I never, I very rarely masturbated. I masturbated as a kid a ton. And then again, because of, you know, freaking body shame, I just stopped. Um, and it took me, and then I was having partner sex. And so I was like, ah, who needs it? You know, I'm busy enough. I'm already getting this. I don't need it. Um, but what I didn't know is that I could only really learn what I liked through masturbation. So when my partner would say, you know, Hey, what are you fantasizing about? Or what would you like next? I, I would say, I don't know, because I literally didn't know. Um, and so masturbation, like most people think of masturbation as, you know, sort of going la 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 la, right? On your clit or on your genitals, la 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 la. And you, you, you grow that and then you have this sort of peak orgasm or you don't and you move on with your day. Now I think about masturbation as self-love and self-care and really super critical to sexual health and wholeness. 
so if you're asking me how to do it, what I would say is set a time container again. When you think about it less as the la 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 on the genitals and more as self-love, it can literally be sitting there and meditating on like, I'm trying to connect with all of the love in the universe. And, or I'm simply massaging my arms and then my legs and pretty soon I'm on my breasts and then I'm on the vulva. And so, you know, just giving myself time to fall into myself, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. But I think having a time container and focusing on it being self-love and self-care is an important um, component for anybody who's doing mindful masturbation, mindful erotic practice, right? Mm-hmm. Being present, following the sensations, like feeling into your body and asking yourself, what is my body asking for right now? What would make this feel even better? And basically you're following what I call the little tendrils of pleasure in your body and doing whatever feels good. And if it doesn't feel good to, um, to be circling your clit or to be penetrating yourself, then don't do it. It's not supposed to hurt. You need to kind of wait and give yourself space. Let your body ask for that. So back up and just kind of gently pet the vulva, right? I, I always recommend this court kind of, nobody can see me on the podcast, but I, <laughs> I'm doing this hand over hand motion where I'm stroking up. So I, I, I sort of cup my hand um, and I, I rest the palm of my hand on the pubic mound. So up where, you know, if you have hair up where the hair would start, right? On the pubic bone. And then I curl my fingers around back towards the anus or the perineum at the root of the body. And I give a little hug a little squeeze. And that can feel really grounding. Like vulvas want attention and love and holding. And so I simply start there. And then I use um, coconut oil because it's got antibacterial properties, but you could really use any kind of oil. And I do this hand over hand motion where I use both of my hands and I stroke up sort of from the bottom up, not inside the vulva, but just a very gentle motion starting on the outside. And in general, you want to um, move from the outside in. Right. Where was this when I was discovering masturbation for the first time. <laughs> Jeez. I love the way that you phrase that, like doing mindful masturbation. Cause 30 minutes sounds like a very long time, but, <laughs> but yeah, thinking about it as meditating and, you know, centering yourself in your body first, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And, and for me, for somebody who has body shame, anybody else else out there who struggles with body shame, and I know there are a lot of us, um, literally rubbing love into my body. Like for me, because it was all about my belly, rubbing my belly and feeling how good it feels to rub my belly is, it's something I do for myself in masturbation, but it's also something I now really like my partner to do because it says rather than like all of these years of my never touching my belly and not letting anybody else touch it, 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 it's a form of acceptance and it literally soaks into your skin. Like it literally soaks in to the body when you affirm that you love yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So any part of your body that you're having trouble with, I always say like, massage self-love right there. Like, Oh, I love, I love these, um, pulky thighs. Right. Or I love this guy. And I, and I rephrase it. I used to call this my muffin top. I used to, you know, lots of euphemisms. And now I just say my goddess belly, this is my goddess belly. And I rub my goddess belly in with love. I love that. What would you suggest for someone that's nervous to like, try it out for the first time to try masturbating for the first time? 
everything that I do is about baby steps, like mm-hmm. really, really small, slow steps and paying attention to your body. So what I mean by that is like, I'm always looking for a full bodied. Yes. Like a hell yes in the body. And for those of us who aren't used to tuning into the body, we don't know what that feels like. I ask people to tune into certain parts of the body. So the throat, the heart, the belly, and the genitals. And what you're feeling for, what a hell yes feels like is ease, ease in those parts as opposed to tightness or constriction or not. So, you know, if you're going to start masturbating and you're feeling tightness or constriction or not in any of those areas, then I would simply start by like massaging my hands or feet. Mm-hmm. And going really, really slowly because your body will, it'll open that, that ease will come, but only if you feel safe enough. So it's hard to have, it's really impossible to have good sex unless you feel safe enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, and self-love is no different than any other kind of love or any other kind of sex, really. I would love if you could talk a little bit about the benefits of masturbation. Ooh, there's so many. (laughs) Or a lot of it. That's fine, too. (laughs) The benefits of masturbation. Here's one of the weird things about masturbation and improving your sex life in general, I think. It's a little bit like throwing a stone into a still pond, Right. And what happens? There are all these concentric circles, right? All these ripples that come off of that stone. So when you when you focus on masturbation or on your sex life, you think you're only focusing on that one thing. But just like that stone, there are all these ripples, all these other effects. And some of those effects have to do with the health of your body. I don't have all the statistics in front of me, but um, people who masturbate tend to be happier. They have um, better moods because they've got uh, less cortisol, which is a stress hormone in their body and more dopamine and um, uh, oxytocin, which is kind of the love hormone running through their body. So happier, better moods. Um, It's good for your joints. It's good for your muscles. It's good for your heart. So there are all these sorts of health benefits, which, you know, a doctor could tell you a lot more about. Um, for me, because I tended always to be a fairly, fairly healthy person, that wasn't the main benefit for me. But for me, the main benefits were more like I walked differently, like everywhere I went into the grocery store, even I walked a little bit differently, more confidently, more, more lit up, more powerful in myself. And that translated to being more powerful in my work relationships and also in my personal relationships. Like I got a lot better at setting boundaries again, because I knew what I wanted. And I learned how to ask for that. And so that translated into um, these other life skills that I had no idea would really be as affected as they were. That was the best advertisement for masturbation I have ever heard. <laughs> Hands down, you've convinced me. You're good. Yeah, I am we'll do it. <laughs> How would you kind of guide someone to starting a daily masturbation practice, like incorporating that in their life? Um, So I would call that orgasmic yoga, which another word for that is mindful masturbation or erotic um, masturbation practice. And the reason it's called 
it, the reason it has that word yoga is not so much because it's like about doing downward dogs or anything, but because it's about being present and being mindful and, and, and practice, right? So it's not, it's not always going to be perfect. You're not, and, and it's not goal oriented. So it's not about getting to orgasm, although I love having orgasms and my orgasms have gotten much bigger. I, I, this was a benefit also of going to Betty Dodson and learning some of the things that I've learned. I, I didn't, I didn't think that I was orgasming and I was, and I didn't think that I was because they weren't like those big, you know, kind of Meg Ryan when Harry met Sally in the movie, kind of like huge thing. This, your audience, I don't know if they've seen this movie, <laughs> go see it. You know, it's an oldie. It's a goodie. Um, anyway, I wasn't having these kind of movie, like huge expansive orgasms. And it was because I was shut down. I was having orgasms that I didn't think I was, um, so I would say not having orgasm be the goal is one of those important things. But starting a daily practice means um, having an intention. And your intention might be, I just want to feel really good. Or I want to try something different. Or um, I want to go for 15 minutes, whatever it is. So some kind of intention. And then I, I always set a timer. Not everybody does, but I do. And the reason I set a timer is because when I didn't set a timer, I was like, kind of always looking at my phone to see like, good God, is it still like, oh my God, there's still 10 minutes left, you know, like, <laughs> and I, and that was keeping me from being embodied. Right. I was in my, I was in my head worried about the time. So I set a timer, I set an intention and I set a timer and then, um, I get comfortable. So I make a nest. So sometimes I'm in my bed, sometimes I'm standing up, but always I'm a little bit diva like, and this is true of my sex life in general, because I don't want to endure I don't want to um, feel cold and I don't want to feel hot. Like, you know, my partner will say, you have like a five degree temperature that you <laughs> like. And yeah, I do. And I make no apologies about it. Right. This is what I like. So I get a little diva like I, you know, there maybe there are cushions I want or a blanket I want or whatever. And I get gather those things and make a nest someplace that's comfortable for me. And also someplace that feels a little sexy. The environment is important to me. Um, and to many of us. So it's, it's kind of like, how would you treat a most honored dinner guest, right? I pull out the good stuff. I pull out, you pull out the good china, you, you, you buy the delicious chocolates or the fancy cheese or whatever. And I do that for myself now. So I'll light candles if I want. I'll put on sexy music if I want. Like I really, I take some time. And that's part of, again, having the 30 minutes gives me time. I don't, I'm not rushing. It's not rushing to have a wank, right? It's not rushing to get this off of my to-do list. It's, it's feeling worthy of giving myself the time. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I want to do that today. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so Good. you kind of touched on it, but then, so are there different types of orgasms then? Cause you said peaks are like not really orgasming sometimes, but feeling like you are. Yeah. So, well, there are lots of different kinds of orgasm. I think I've read there are like maybe 12 different kinds of orgasms. Oh, wow. Um, and some of it is really like when most people talk about different types of orgasm, they'll talk about, um, the location from which that orgasm comes, right? So like a clitoral orgasm, I happen to believe all orgasms are clitoral. Not everybody believes that. But so there's a clitoral orgasm, then, um, you know, there might be an orgasm that you get from hitting the G spot or the A spot or the C spot. You know, I mean, all of these acronyms and different kinds of orgasms. For me, the important part isn't so much where the orgasm came from, but that, um, 
that I allow myself to enjoy it. Like how much pleasure can I allow myself to feel? I just encourage people to play and to explore and to be curious, dive into your body. Like as if you're a scuba diver and you're diving into the ocean and you're looking for buried treasure, right? Just dive into the ocean of your own body and see what's there. Cause it's pretty vast. We've talked a lot about pleasure and I'm wondering if we can talk about some of the things that get in the way of us experiencing pleasure. You mentioned, you talked a bit about body shame. So I'm wondering if we can just explore some of those factors. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to start by talking about vulva shame cause it's a real thing and, and I don't often have an opportunity to talk to a whole audience about it. I just want to say like, our Volvos are like flowers. And I know that this sounds like maybe a little crazy to people, but vulvas, just like people's, just like eyes and noses and the shape of your face and all bodies, like they come in different sizes, shapes, colors. They have their own unique scent, smell, and like flowers and people and bodies and penises, they're all beautiful. Like it's the variety that makes us beautiful. And sometimes that takes a lifetime to truly be like the simple fact that our uniqueness is a source of beauty and not a source of shame. And many times, one of the great things that we do in my body sex workshop, which is, is based on Betty Dodson's is um, we look at our vulvas and we look at our vulvas with, like many of us probably have done already as individuals, with a light and a mirror. What's different about body sex is the other women are also looking at us and we're looking at them, right? So one at a time. And what's really awesome about this is we get to see each other and we never see each other. I mean, how many other vulvas have you seen? And, and, and unless you're partnered, you know, with women, um, we don't often, and, and even then, I mean, how many are you seeing? It's just, we don't often see other women and see that variety. And so what tends to happen is like labiaplasty, this is a horrible fact, but it's the fastest growing surgery in the United States maybe the world, I don't have the world figure. People are getting their labia snipped because they're trying to look like what? Like a porn star. I mean, I, I, I don't, lots of times people who have sort of longer dangly inner lips because they're dangling on the outside and they're called inner lips, they're like, oh, it's not supposed to be like this, right? And so they'll go in and they'll have those snipped. So I, I, the importance of recognizing that all vulvas are unique and all vulvas are, um, are beautiful, I think is the most important thing that I can say. Um, in terms of how to dip, ditch shame, any kind of shame, um, and, and shame is like, oh, shame is different than guilt. Like shame is... Uh, I am, I am unworthy. I am unlovable. Guilt is more like I did something that makes me unlovable, right? So a little bit different. The, the best way that I found to ditch shame has been education, which is why I was talking about all vulvas being unique and the, and the education around just seeing what other vulvas look like, right? So education, um, knowledge is power always, not that you have to act on it, but knowing it makes a big difference. Embracing your authenticity, which is actually part of that same um, message of education. Like we're all programmed in different ways. And I talked a little bit about the patriarchy earlier, but we're, whether or not we had great parents whether or not we had great caregivers, whether or not we were surrounded by love and received what we needed in our childhood, many of us did not. 
but whether we did or not, we're, we're living in this sex negative, sex shaming, very narrow culture that tries to define us and put us in these boxes. And many of us don't fit in those boxes. And so we feel we, we take on shame about that. So recognizing like that's part of the education, but also recognizing your authenticity um, and affirmations like speak nicely to yourself. If you are saying something to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friend, cut that shit out. You know, don't do it. So those are kinds of those are kinds probably the main things. Mm-hmm. I love that you talked about vulva shame because I feel like that's not something that I've seen a lot like talked about. And that's a huge issue. Sometimes it's a huge self-confidence thing. Like I've known a couple of friends where like when we're really comfortable and it's usually after like wine, (laughs) we talk about things that like make us uncomfortable during sex and like how that affects, like how we're enjoying sex, how we're enjoying our bodies. And it's just not talked about because we think that we're the only ones with this insecurity or something. So I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that because I think that's a great thing to hear and to talk about for 20 somethings and people a little bit younger than us too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I, and I like that you're talking about like after having a glass of wine or (laughs) two or whatever that you're, that you're able to talk with your girlfriends. And I do think that's important. Like anybody who's holding back from that, probably your girlfriends are also holding back from that. So Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. somebody just needs to be the brave one to bring up like the real stuff of life. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I would say is like, it's okay to be emotional too. I mean, sometimes when we're, sometimes when we're vulnerable, we get hurt. Sometimes when we share, people say shitty things to us. You, you may have a partner who, who shames you because you have dangly inner lips. You may have a partner who says, I don't like how you smell. And you know what? Fuck that partner. Go find somebody who loves you the way you are. Go find somebody who really loves and embraces those dangly inner lips or who really loves the way you smell because they are out there. I would love if we could talk about all of this within the context of a partner and maybe how to start doing this work when you are in a partnered relationship. Well, I had a very difficult time. Like some things when you're with a partner, some things are easier than others, right? And for a lot of us, it's easier not to talk about it. So the first thing that I always recommend is talking about it. (laughs) Talking about your turn-ons and your things that you don't like, your avoidances can be really helpful because oftentimes they don't know. When to talk about things and how to talk about things is also really important. So I used to have kind of a bad habit of saying to my partner, oh, I don't like that, or that doesn't feel good, or let's not do that, or something. Like, it was always in the negative. And the feedback that I got from my partner was, you know, you keep, like, giving me the slap down. I'm just trying to please you. Why don't you tell me what you do want? Well, because I didn't really know what I wanted, that's why I was framing things in the negative. So that, again, comes back to the importance of masturbation. But I had to learn how to frame things in the positive. And so what I've learned to say is, well, that feels okay, but this is what would feel even better, right? Framing in the positive and redirecting. Um And for me personally, sometimes it's easier to talk to my partner before or after. So, and typically for me, it really is after. 
So I'll be like, you know, we'll sort of like rehash and it might not be right then. It might be like the next morning and if he falls asleep or I fall asleep, but it's like, Hey, last night was, you know, really awesome. Here's what was so great for me. And here's what didn't work so well. Right. And it's sometimes a lot easier to hear that as the person receiving, like for my partner to say, Oh, I didn't like you used a little too much teeth on my cock or whatever, you know, (laughs) Um, it's easier to hear that not so much as rejection, but as like, this is about them and what they like sometimes afterwards. So I, I'm not shy about um, talking afterwards. Um, The other thing that I think is really important, and this is true for me, um, regardless of my partner, and that is connection. Um, I need to feel some sort of connection and not everybody does, but I do. And um, so how I do that is um, through the eyes and actually looking at my partner. And um, so sometimes people want to fuck from um, behind or, and me included, I love it from behind, (laughs) from behind or from the side, or, you know, all these other positions. And those are all great and sexy and fun. But I also often usually need to see my partner and to look at their eyes. And sometimes that's while we're making love. So it could be missionary position. It could be, you know, cowgirl or something, but looking at my partner. Um, and sometimes it has nothing to do with having sex. It's like slowing down and backing up and just, um, holding hands, kissing, looking at each other. But for me, that connection is important. Um, and the last thing that I'll talk about, I think is, um, aftercare, aftercare, which is a phrase that comes really from the BDSM world, but I think is important for all of us. And that is to know what you need when you're done, when you're done making love, having sex, whether it's a hookup, whether it's a one night stand, or whether it's a long-term partner, knowing what you need. So if it's a hookup, you might need to say beforehand, before you have sex, you know what, when we're done, what I really need is to be held for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, or what I really need is to, I have to pee immediately. And then I want to come back and snuggle. Right. So whatever it is, but knowing what you need and asking for that, um, can make a huge difference in how anything ends, even, even a one night stand. I'm going to re-listen to this like every single day, that whole part that you just (laughs) said. (laughs) Well, Cass, did you have any last questions? No, I think we can go into our last okay. second. Well, this is the part in our podcast where we like to do homework for honeys. Where we talk about one actionable step that we can all take to start incorporating what we learned today. So Amy, would you do the honor of assigning our homework today? I would love to. And it's so simple and easy what I'm going to give you guys. Um, and that is notice and savor. So what I mean by that is notice something that feels pleasurable in your body and specifically an embodied pleasure. It might be the feel of the sun on your face. It might be the warm water cascading down your back in the shower. might be holding a warm cup of coffee or tea in your hands. Notice something that feels pleasant in your body and then savor, meaning don't do anything but let yourself feel how good that feels. Feel that pleasure for 30 seconds or a minute. And the reason that notice and savoring is important is, again, it brings us into our body. It helps us notice. And the savoring is what sort of allows our body to expand what we feel and pleasure. 
And when you start to notice and savor, this is, again, one of those really small baby steps. What you hopefully will notice over time is that your ability to experience more pleasure will grow. And that's it. That's your first sort of baby step. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. It was so much fun to talk to you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. And thank you so much for the fabulous work that you two are doing and and helping women light up and radiate and shine in the world with their own power. It's really, really important work. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much to Amy for being on the podcast today and talking about masturbation, all the how to's everything we've needed to know for so long. I think that was the right way to phrase that sentence. Yeah. Anyway, also thank you to our listeners for tuning in and sticking with us through this episode. Yeah, really sticking with us (laughs) through this whole thing. We hope you continue to do so. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways, if you have a few extra minutes, we would so appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. That helps us get into all them ears. We say this every week because it's really important, not because because really we love re-saying everything. Yeah. I promise you. We just love repeating ourselves. If I could never hear Cass say that again, I'd be happy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and a friendship ended uh, that day. Honey um, Doobie is now just one of us. Honey do. Honey do. <laughs> one of us takes me. So please rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me Podcast. It helps us so much. If you leave a written review and then screenshot it and DM it to us at Honey Do Me Podcast on Instagram or honeydomepodcast at gmail.com, we will send you a sticker. Just send us your address. We won't share it with anyone else. It'll just be for us. We'll come visit you someday, (laughs) but we won't share it with anyone else unless they pay us a lot of money for it. So we'll send you a sticker. Also, if you just love hearing from us and you don't feel like you got enough of us in your life, you can subscribe to our email list. You're going to get our 10 favorite sex things for free. I mean, we won't give you the actual things that are there, but it's a list. It's a list it's of a them. It's a start. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to you're gonna get your sex life going because we're the real sex educators here. Just kidding. <laughs> and you'll also get our weekly emails, which has who's going to be on the podcast that week, any special giveaways we're doing, any sexy announcements <laughs> and that's about it our recipes <laughs> our recipes for disaster <laughs> anyway so i guess that's all we have to say right now. yeah it's so, been great we'll see you next week yeah <laughs> every week <laughs> at grand canyon university we believe in equal opportunity and the american dream starts with purpose Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.